Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I am your host, pregnancy-focused chiropractor, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today works in the film industry and as a costume designer. And the last time we talked to her, she was super pregnant and expecting her first baby with plans for a home birth. Right now, she's holding that baby. So sweet. Congratulations, Ciara Whaley. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, this is kind of surreal sitting here with this extra guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were both there the first time, but it's different now. <laughs> All right. So last time we talked, you were planning for this birth, and it took a minute to get there to the pregnancy. In fact, if I remember, you said you had a conversation with your husband. You're like, yeah, if we don't get pregnant, that'll be okay, too. My, how things have changed. Oh, my gosh. Now that she's here, it feels like she's always been here. And I couldn't really imagine it without her. It's nuts to say. I literally cannot picture life before my kids, really before marriage, but also just an insanely new plane before the kids. Okay. You are the sort of person that kind of wanted to do things in your own space, at your own pace. You saw your little sister being born at the hospital, but the hospital scared you per se. You wanted your own area. You wanted to do it your way. So the plan was, as we talked last time, that who would be with you, supporting you in birth, would be your husband, your mom, your midwife, and doula, and just the girl dog, not the boy dog. And then it sounded like you were open, like whatever the journey takes is where you're going to go. Caller me curious, but how did this all start? How did labor begin? Man, well, I went over my due date. And I actually saw you after my due date. <laughs> and my water ended up breaking at 41 weeks and one day. I didn't have there, any contractions. Oh, yeah. I was wondering, were there any signs before that, that things were getting closer? No signs except the swelling. I felt like all the pregnancy symptoms that you usually hear about that suck hit me that last week, like from 40 weeks to 41 weeks. My hands were tight. You know, I couldn't fit any more of my shoes or my slip-ons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least better at 41 weeks than, <laughs> I don't know, 21 weeks. Seriously, I had no complaints at that point. But yeah, it ended up breaking. I was in the bathroom. I stood up and I was like, oh, this is different. This is a puddle at my feet here. And I'm still kind of delusional. So I called my husband up like, is this what I think it is? Like, look at the strip. <laughs> Go get the amniotic fluid test uh, strip that our midwife told us about. <laughs> I mean, a puddle, though. Not just like a, a little, puddle. not just a but a whole puddle. <laughs> <laughs> it was a whole puddle. I thought it would be like a balloon popping and a whole, you know, explosion down the leg. So I'm like, oh, this was pretty tame. And he kept trying to call the midwife. He's like, let's just call her and get her input. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be that client that freaks out over anything. I'm like, let's just test it first and see what it is. <laughs> Ah, so I guess the test showed what it was. Well, we couldn't figure out what the test was supposed to do. So we had to call her anyway. Oh, okay. Inconclusive. <laughs> what time of day was that? It was in the evening, like around 8 p.m. Okay. And were you excited? I was super excited. My mom had already come in town. She was downstairs cleaning and cooking in the kitchen. And we called my sister-in-law to come get the boy dog because we felt like it would happen pretty soon. We let the midwife know, and we kind of went to bed really happy. I knew at that moment, like, man, this might be the last good sleep I get for a long time. <laughs> mm. But I didn't really know what that meant. But were you time. getting good sleep before that? 
Um, I was definitely resting. I'll say that. Okay. Resting counts for something. <laughs> I was getting good sleep. It wasn't in the most comfortable positions, but oh, I, you know, I was able to kind of doze off and get a good nap in. <laughs> oh, I love a good nap. So then you call the midwife and? And she had saw me earlier that day. So she said, since there's no contractions, you're fine to keep doing what you're doing. Let me know if anything changes. And she recommended I get a non-stress test in the morning, just since I was after my 40-week date. Had you done a non-stress test yet? I had not. And that should be called the stress test because (laughs) it's stressful. (laughs) It is. It is. So she says, just keep doing what you're doing. And it's nighttime. So do you go to bed? We went to bed. You know, in the hypnobirthing classes, you learn that sometimes labor can happen at night when you're comfortable and it's dark. So I kind of snuggled in bed like, oh, this could be the moment (laughs) and woke up and nothing had happened. (laughs) Oh, woke up when? The next morning. Oh, so you got a real night's sleep. I got a real night's sleep. The birds were chirping. I enlisted my mom to come do the non-stress test with me. And it was super stressful. I will say that. She was in a period of rest. And so she didn't have the exact movement that the doctor wanted. But I knew it was the time that she's usually quiet, so I wasn't too concerned. And I had a couple pieces of candy, but not enough. So I I had to come back the next day just to make sure everything was good again. Oh, well, I always feel like when I have a couple pieces of candy that it's not enough. (laughs) Let me tell you, the next day I went back, I was loaded. I had Starburst, (laughs) Skittles, Twizzlers. I was like, no, we're going to wake her up. I wanted to do everything that I could to not have to give birth in a hospital. (laughs) So this is now the next day. So now your water's broken for over a day? Yes, it was broken for over a day. And still no contractions? Still no contractions. But everything did look good. um, The non-stress does look good. Okay, cool. And then what advice are you getting, if any? My midwife's plan, our last resort was always going to be a castor oil smoothie if my water hadn't broken. So we sort of stuck with that plan, but moved it up a couple days. Oh, because you were past your due date. So you're saying if nothing had happened by close to your 42-week mark, you exactly. had the castor smoothie contingent plan. So now that your water had broken, but no contractions, you went for the smoothie? Oh my gosh. I thought it would be way more delicious. It sounds like a milkshake with a little castor oil. Bad. I have no idea what castor oil tastes like. That's a good thing. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Whenever I think of castor, I think of that motor oil. It might as well be. Might as well be. I guess you could put the rest in your car. Don't. Okay, so you have the smoothie, and I also thought with like strawberry and other yummy stuff in there, it could overpower, but no. Anything change after the smoothie? I started feeling mild contractions, nothing to kickstart, nothing to make me uncomfortable. So I went around the block, did curbs walk with my husband, kind of just being the pregnant person in the neighborhood, got a couple honks, a couple sympathy yells <laughs> from some moms who said, oh, I feel sorry for you, but you got this. <laughs> um, And nothing happened. And so the plan was to take another smoothie after like three hours. Oh, same flavor? I switched it up. What'd you put in this one? This time I put a little bit of everything. The first one just had vanilla ice cream with castor oil. This one I put, you know, peanut butter, banana, strawberry. I was really trying to tone out that flavor. (laughs) Did you hide it better? It did. 
Okay, now we know. You've done some market research on the castor smoothie. Now, also, people often say that after they drink castor oil, that they get irritable digestion. Was that something you experienced? I definitely felt like I needed to relieve myself in the restroom. And that's sort of where I kept finding myself. But nothing would come out in my case. It just felt like everything in the inside was working its way down. Oh, so just like the sensation, but nothing really. Okay. Exactly. And then on the contraction front? It definitely started kicking in. They started kicking in probably 20 minutes after having that second dose of smoothie. Oh, really? It started so, with... And not just okay. the uh, delicious flavor, but also more effective. Way more effective. It was an, okay. I was able to talk through them. You know, I was trying to do my hair before everything went down. Oh. I was downstairs with my mom and my mother-in-law sort of hijacked the scenery. <laughs> Really? Was your mother-in-law, was she supposed to be there? Was that part of the She plan? was not. We're close. Oh, okay. Um, but still, she's not someone I thought would be there. We let her know we would call her when things got near, since she lived so close nearby. But she had a bag packed that whole week in her car. And she sort of just came over and took my mom shopping throughout the day. But I oh. knew it was her plan to kind of stick it out with us. <laughs> <laughs> and did she stay? She did. <laughs> oh, interesting. So you had two mamas at your birth and then three mamas at the end. Okay, so 20 minutes after your smoothie, are you also, just out of curiosity, doing other things to try to get the ball rolling? Um, no, nothing besides walking the curb walks I had done earlier that day, walking up and down my stairs. That's about all I did to get the ball rolling. And were you concerned with the time going by that, not that it would be the end of the world, you're not afraid of the hospital, but that you weren't going to be able to have the birth of your choice, the setting of your choice, home birth? I wasn't. I kind of didn't let that sit with me at all. I knew I had a really experienced birth team. And so that comforted me a lot. And I was sort of in the text chat with the hypnobirthing moms that I had the class with. Oh, and cool. I was like the fourth mom to give birth. So I had all this experience just from the knowledge that they shared with me, some of them had long labors where their water had broke a couple of days before. So I wasn't worried. I knew it could still happen. Ah, okay. Well, after your contractions start to kick in, do they become pattern-like? They did instantly. Even though I was able to talk through them, they were pretty strong and consistent. They started about every four minutes and then kind of stayed there for a while. And that's when the back pain kicked in. <laughs> okay. Before the back pain, what did the surges feel like? And also, how did they feel compared to what you might have thought they would feel like? Let's see. They definitely were like menstrual cramps times 10. I okay. was able to sort of rock myself through them, but I really had to remember to breathe. And I started to wonder, like, is breath work really going to help? <laughs> oh, are your cramps generally, your menstrual cramps, like, would you consider them mild, medium, or intense? You know what? When I was younger, they were pretty intense. But now that I'm older, in my mid-30s, I'd say they're pretty mild now. So okay, I'd so say it's like a times 10 times... of my mild. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> this is good. And just for keeping the timeline, this is nighttime. Well, this is now evening. So when I evening. took the castor oil smoothie, it was about 2.30 p.m. the day after. Sorry, I'm losing track of my days. So my water broke on a Wednesday night, mm -hmm. and I went into labor on Friday. Right. So the, Thursday morning, you went for a non-stress test, 
Friday morning, you went for an unstressed toast with a boatload of candy. <laughs> uh, Friday morning, you take a strawberry ice cream smoothie, blech. And then around 2.30, the cool peanut butter and kitchen sink, whatever you had in the pantry smoothie, tasted yeah. better, starts kicking in. And now it's Friday early evening and you're contracting four minutes apart and it's yeah. starting to move into your back. I think it's an excellent place to take a break. When we come back, we'll find out what happens next. <laughs> I have an incredible offer for you for my friends at Needed. An astounding 95% of women aren't meeting their omega-3 needs. Omega-3 fatty acids, especially DHA and EPA, are crucial for both mother and baby. They support brain and eye health, maternal mood, immunity, and much more. But it can be hard to get enough omega-3 from diet alone, especially during pregnancy when many people are averse to eating fish. And if you've ever taken a fish oil pill, you know just how unpleasant that can be. That's why I'm excited to share that my friends at Needed have revolutionized the omega-3 supplement with two different options designed specifically for mamas. An omega-3 powder that blends into smoothies and a pill option that tastes like fresh citrusy bergamot. Both are sustainably sourced from vegan algae, not fish. Both are great options for nausea and sensitive prone mamas. Needed's Omega-3 powder is delivered in liposomes, nature's very cool way of protecting and delivering Omega-3 just like in breast milk. Needed's Omega-3 is clinically proven to be five times better absorbed than fish oil pills. The powder is mild tasting and it pairs great with Needed's prenatal multi-powder and collagen protein powder in a daily smoothie. If powder isn't your thing, Needed's got you covered with those Omega-3 Plus capsules, which have a pleasant citrus flavor. Needed is sharing in awesome pre-order discount just for my listeners buy two get one free on either omega-3 option powder or capsules you can stock up on either one or try them both with this exclusive discount use code three berlin the number three berlin at this is needed.com put three omega-3s in your cart use the code number three berlin at this is needed.com buy two get one free Welcome back. We're talking to CR. Okay, so we just did a recap right before the break, and things are starting to pick up. What happens next? So now it's about, what, three hours later, around 5.30 or so. Is this three hours after your second smoothie? Yes, exactly. Okay, 5.30 p.m. And that's when the back sort of kicked in. And that's when it was sort of, oh, no. It was just me on the toilet and my husband right next to me on the birthing ball. Like, what do you need? Do you need something? Should I call the doula? Should I call the midwife? And me, I think I have a high pain tolerance. So the whole time I'm just like, nah, we got this. Like, oh. let's just handle it ourselves. <laughs> well, first of all, you definitely have a high pain tolerance, but also you have like a high mind tolerance, I think. Mm -hmm. Like you're really able to compartmentalize what's going on in there and stay focused on your path, which is I'm hashtag jealous is the truth. <laughs> but also inspired by you okay so when you say it's in your back in your lower back it was in the lower back it and felt horrible is it with the surge or even between surges it was even between surges it was sort of consistent it definitely intensified as labor progressed but at this time three hours later after the second smoothie it was still pretty mild but it was happening in between the surges, and that's something I wasn't prepared for. 
when you don't get that break, that's definitely much harder. So I know you plowed forward without calling the A-team. Are the moms still there? The moms are still there. They stay downstairs. Our bedrooms are upstairs. They really did respect our privacy and boundaries. I sort of gave my mom the talk beforehand, like, you may hear some things, but don't worry. Like, my husband has this. And the it's, all it's all good. It's all good. And she did really good. <laughs> okay, so are you doing anything to try to alleviate the back pain? I'm on the birth ball. I'm walking with my husband. I lay down in bed with the peanut ball. Mm. Just trying to get in different comfortable positions because I knew I had to save my energy. So That's I was really just time. trying to sleep. Yeah. It's the second time those peanuts came in handy. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's a peanut birth. All right. Are those things helping with the pain or just helping you cope with the pain? It's helping me cope with the pain. My husband's helping me cope with the pain. He's reminding me to breathe through everything, you know, to go to my happy place. And finally, I don't even remember the time now. It had to be around 9 p.m. He's on the phone with our midwife and she hears me in the background. And she's like, these are sort of close apart. Like, why haven't you called the doula yet? And he's like, you know, we just figured we can make this work ourselves. And she's like, no, you need to call her now. <laughs> call the doula. Okay. Call the doula. It sounds like you don't know exactly, but they moved closer than four minutes apart. Yes, they did. It had to be around 9 p.m. I think the doula arrived like after 10 p.m. She mm -hmm. showed up just on time. Okay, we'll find out what that means in a second. But during the surges, are you quiet are you vocal are you um i'd say i'm definitely vocal more so just breathing through it like you would a tough workout class like mm -hmm. when your pilates instructor like makes you hold that pose a little longer than you want to <laughs> that's the first second um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely breathing through it i'm sort of in my head a little i'm not yet in labor land i'm sort of like is this really labor happening like are we doing this now and my husband's still cracking jokes. He's like, oh, this is, you know, contraction one out of 8,062 <laughs> more that we have to go. Oh. I'm still kind of laughing. You know, we're in that phase, even though it's painful. Yeah, I always find that if you're able to, if you're in the right mind frame, laughing is helpful, especially since they always say, relax your jaw, relax your jaw. And when you laugh, you can't really help it. You kind of have to relax your jaw. So exactly. Sometimes I think people, when I was doing a lot of birth work, People would want me there for my hands. And then sometimes I'm like for the jokes. And so I'd get nervous when I get the phone call. I'm like, hold on, I got to write some material on the way over to the birth. <laughs> All right. So 10 o'clock, your doula gets there. And you said just in time. Just in time. Up until she got there, I was really using music as a way to kind of sing through the most painful moments. But by the time she got there, I needed someone to sort of be in my face, reminding me to calm down like my husband like they count with me do this kind of thing and i also needed somebody to give me counter pressure on my lower back yeah so yeah. as soon as she came it was beyond the point of he couldn't do both <laughs> yeah yeah and also i mean it sounds like you were in it for a bit and your contractions were fairly frequent so sometimes it's nice to just have fresh energy so yeah one supporter can rest for a minute while the other one gives you their full effort and tag team a little bit Okay, so is the counter pressure helpful? It's super helpful. I'm so grateful she's there. She's doing these light rubs on the back and it's feeling amazing. And then there is a point in time where her and my husband switched and she's now having me walk around because she knew that the back pain I was feeling was really the baby descending. 
And she's like, you know, you're going to feel this pain until she comes down past this point. So she was really trying to get me to move. And now my husband's on my back giving me counter pressure, but he's just not doing it right. (laughs) Experience counts for something. There you go. (laughs) Okay. So I know you said that you were going to set up a tub, Mm -hmm. but you're not necessarily picturing the tub as part of your birth or your delivery. Did you set up the tub? The midwife set up the tub with her team once they got there. Okay. How much later after this doula rub down does the uh, midwife? You know what? I feel Mm. like she came three hours later or so. Okay. Maybe a little more. And was that because you were ready for her or did the doula suggest maybe now's a good time or something? The doula handled it. She sort of has seen enough births where she knew by my movements and my sounds when to call the midwife over. And where the baby was, she still had some time to descend. And there was a point where I had like a huge amount of bloody show in my diaper that I was so graciously walking around the house in. And that's when she knew like, okay, she's close. Now I can call the midwife. Okay. And do you remember how long it took for the midwife to get there? I don't. At that point, I was just like... A different world? I was in a different world. I want to say when she called the midwife, the doula was having me rest in my bedroom with a peanut ball in between my legs. And that just intensified the pains that I was feeling. And it was at that point where, you know, she would let me rest for a little bit. Then she would have me walk around the room. And this is embarrassing to say, but I bit my husband at one point. Like I was a wild dog. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question for you because I feel like you're a person that might be able to tap back into this. I have two questions for you in terms of your mind. Do you feel like you were at this point birthing mostly from a place of conscious mind or unconscious mind, like the hardwired programming, or somewhere in between, and or hormonally, do you feel like you were more under the influence of oxytocin, the love, bonding, and birth and orgasm hormone, or more under the influence of adrenaline, like the fear, fight or flight hormone? Let's see. I definitely at this point was in my conscious mind. The doula was having me step in and out of the shower to see if that would relieve my back pain because at this point it was sort of just unbearable and I wasn't able to breathe through it like I thought I would be able to. And I would get out the shower and I would put on deodorant. And I heard her tell my husband, like, is she putting on deodorant right now? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I use this natural salt deodorant and you have to put it on every time because if you don't, it's going to creep up. (laughs) Yeah, it's none of the artificial stuff. Right. So that's how I knew I was still kind of me in a way. I was still kind of conscious of like the doula and everything she was doing. And I would say thank you here and there. <laughs> like uh, I'm hosting a party. <laughs> the adrenaline didn't kick in yet. It definitely kicked in later once I got in the pool. I'll say that. Okay. So I guess what really happens next is the midwife comes. Mm-hmm. And when she arrives, what's kind of among the first things that she does? She arrives with her assistant and her student midwife, and they instantly go and set up the tub. You got a party. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of people. Okay, so they set up the tub. Would she just listen to you or did any like vitals check or cervix check or anything like that? No cervix checked. She checked my blood pressure, I think, at that point when she came. I was definitely in labor land when she arrived. 
And I really didn't know what was happening. I just knew I felt the tub should have been filled hours ago. And I was like, oh my God. I was just in the state of adrenaline, panic, and fear, which I was surprised that I felt. I was really looking for a way out of this back pain. Yeah. Again, with no breaks. That's kind of intense. Okay. Did you get in the tub once it was full? Once it was full, I did get in the tub. I also was GBS positive, so I opted for antibiotics. So that's something that she was coming over to administer. You know, that's a whole other thing. Her trying to put the IV in my hand when all I want to do is like submerge my whole body in the tub. Into the water. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. So some people do get a lot of relief in the tub from the back pain. Was it helpful for you? Not at all. Oh, really? No. I love my water scalding hot. And I had been in the shower with my doula with, you know, no cold water at all. And then you get in this tub and it's sort of lukewarm. And I'm just like, what is this? (laughs) Not good for you. No, so, and it wasn't high enough, you know. I felt like I wanted more water in there. <laughs> wait, so, oh, did you stay or just pop right out? Oh, no, no, I stayed in there. I mean, it was definitely comfortable. It was just, I was feeling all these feelings, and it felt nice to be in water. I do love being in water, but it definitely didn't take away any pain that I was feeling. Hmm. All right. Well, I feel like things are about to happen. <laughs> so I hope things are about to happen for your sake. I mean, they happened. Let's take a little break, and when we come back, we'll get the rest of the story. (laughs) We are talking to Ciara, and here we are with the third segment. So things are really intense for you. The tub does not take away any of your pain. You're getting your antibiotics for your grippy strep. And laboring along, and from what you said, uh, kind of like under the influence of adrenaline and intensity, and not relaxing into things as you thought you might. Definitely. And I don't think it was outwardly shown. I was definitely keeping it within, but my husband knew, and he was just like, come on, breathe through it. The doula was reminding me to breathe into it. I was super confident in my midwife also, and so having them all around, I knew I was in good hands. But I was also secretly wondering, like, who's going to come and take this baby out of me? <laughs> like, there's no way. I kept trying to look at the midwife, like, does she know what I'm thinking? Like, can she just reach your hand in there? <laughs> hold, on. hold on. You didn't have any cervix checks at this point. Is that your choice? Um. Okay. So once I got in the tub, she did do a cervix check. But I can't remember if I started pushing or not. From what I remember, I started wanting to push as soon as I got in the tub. Oh, And the baby didn't come out right away, obviously. So that's when she did the check. And she's like, I bet you her head is right there. She just knew from the sounds I was making where the baby was. And she was pretty confident in the whole process. And by the time she did do the check, she's like, her head is right there, Sierra. Like, you got this. And I pushed a couple different positions. They were trying to help me figure out the best one. I had asked my husband to get in the tub with me at that point. He was supporting my back. (laughs) He's Ah. still... It's like 12 hours of him just punching my back at this point. <laughs> yeah. And now he's your like squatting stool. I remember you saying you didn't really picture yourself being in the tub for birth. That seems to have changed. Oh, yeah. It changed. Honestly, because once I got in, I didn't know how I was going to get out. <laughs> <laughs> the pain was just too much. I was like, no, she has to come out now. Like, this is it. This is the finale. <laughs> how was pushing for you? 
Well, pushing from what, you know, the data is, was only 30 minutes of pushing, but it felt forever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. Um, I mean, honestly, 30 seems great, but I can see why it would feel forever. Was it relieving at all? For me, it was not relieving. I've heard this before, that it feels like you are taking, you know, a poop. It felt like I had to take the biggest poop I ever needed to take in my life. And I knew I didn't have to. Like, I knew it was a baby. And my doula had told us in our class, like, you know, you have to push into the butt. The baby has to pass the rectum area. And I was just looking at her and she's reminding me all my sayings and my affirmations. I'm like holding onto her hands at this point, like pulling her in the water with me. And I'm just like pushing into the butt. Like, that's how it is. I was surprised. I was in the tub in labor land, but still consciously thinking like, I'm pushing out. She's coming out of my butt at this point. <laughs> <laughs> the vagina has nothing to do. Right. It's a, a totally different neighborhood. <laughs> out of curiosity, did you wear what you thought you would be wearing? No. Oh, my gosh. I even thought of that when I was in the tub. No, I was wearing a regular black bra, nothing cute. My hair wasn't even done. I was still wearing my glasses. I didn't even have my contacts in. Oh, is that better? <sighs> Did you take them off? You kept them on? I kept them on. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. you wanted that halter crisscross top. No. No, I got nothing cute. And I was so <laughs> in the moment. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> another diaper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no vacation style clothing like we talked about. Okay. It's kind of interesting. Everything changed for you in the moment, it seems like, from your vision of what you thought it would be like and what it was actually like. Not necessarily in a bad way, other than all that pain, right? Yeah. In your back, mostly. And you're in the tub, and your body is just like, right, everybody has their own experience. Yours didn't read the popular experience book for home birth, where, you know, getting in the tub all of a sudden makes you feel a lot better, or pushing feels exhilarating. None of that. Mm -hmm. And then you're convinced the baby's coming out as a giant backed up poo. <laughs> and there was a couple times where, you know, they would let me push for a minute. And then the midwife, she would sort of look at her assistant and, you know, they would give each other a look and they're sort of talking to each other without saying anything, which is amazing. But I'm also like clocking their eyeballs and I'm like, oh no, there's something <laughs> wrong. Interpret. Exactly. Then they would look for the baby's heartbeat, make sure everything was okay. And then there was one point where she did another check and she's like, Sierra, you can feel her head now. She's like right there. And that's when the midwife went back on the bed and was just on her laptop and looked like she was just doing, you know, it looked like she was at Starbucks at this point. Checking her email. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when my husband was like, when I saw her do that, I knew like everything was okay. Like she wasn't worried about it. She just knew you needed to push at this point. So did that you reach I reached down and confident. feel the baby's head. I did. It was I that... did. She had to convince me to reach down because I didn't want to move my position. <laughs> oh, what was it like when you felt the baby's head? Uh, I was shocked. That's what it was. It felt soft and squishy. Uh, meaning you've just imagined it would be harder or you felt like something much harder must be moving through your body. I just imagined it would be harder. Like I thought I would reach in and just know instantly it was a head, but it could have very easily been just the folds inside the vagina. <laughs> if she had not said what it <laughs> oh, was. Oh, that's soft. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So then she's on her laptop charting your notes, I assume. And what happens next? My doula at this point, she is keeping me hydrated. She keeps giving me sips. I'm sounding super exhausted. I'm not even seeing people in the room. Not that everyone was worried, but I just knew 
the doula had been there for a while now and I'm trying to interpret her looks. Maybe she wasn't thinking this at all, but in my head, I'm like, you know, exhaustion could be a thing. I don't want to have to go to the hospital because how am I going to get out of this tub and down these stairs? Like every push, I was like, okay, this is the one. Don't give up. In my head, I'm saying all this. And then it wasn't the one. And I'm like, okay, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is the girl dog with you? No, she's downstairs with my mom. <laughs> okay. Two moms and a girl dog downstairs. Yeah. And definitely not the anxiety Jewish male dog. No. Okay. So then the next push is not the one. The next push is not the one, but just from the sounds I'm making, the ladies, they asked if I wanted to get my moms and bring them upstairs. So I'm like, okay, she must be close. They see she's close. This is going to be the one. And I opted to not have them come up until she came out just because it was so intense. I didn't want anything to throw me off. I'm like, this is going to be the one. (laughs) And finally she came out. She shot right out. Her head was out for one second before her whole body just sort of shot out and floated to the top. Did you catch her? I did not catch her. My midwife sort of scooped her and passed her over to me. Uh What was that moment like? It was insane. I mean, the whole time I'm pushing, each push I'm thinking it's the one, it's the one. And so finally the one she does come out the midwife assistant was like, you know, hold her right there. She's crowning. You'll be fine. And I'm like, I don't think I could hold her. She's coming out. And I just felt her shoot out. I'm looking with one eye open and I just see her float to the top. And I'm like, oh, thank God she's okay. And I sort of closed my eyes for a second and I could hear my husband sort of getting emotional. Midwife passed her on my belly. And I just like looked down to make sure she was breathing. And that's when I knew like, whew, okay. My job here is done for now. That's amazing. (laughs) Did you still feel pain? I did. I tore when she came out. So I felt that tear. You felt it while it was happening? I did. I I don't even want to know what that felt like. (laughs) Ouch. So some stitching for you. Yeah, some stitching. It wasn't too bad. It sounds worse than it is. But my back pain was gone at that point. Instant. Instantly. Hmm. Wow. Okay. I'm so excited. And how was just the uh, earliest day or two of postpartum? Oh, I was running off of pure adrenaline. I was just up talking to, you know, our parents that were there visiting us, changing the baby, staring at her, breastfeeding. And my husband was the one knocked out. And I'm like, oh, babe, get your rest. I don't need help. I was just like, pure adrenaline. Oh, nice. (laughs) That wore off after the third day. I will say that. (laughs) Um, As we're closing up here, just huge congratulations to you. What would you say you learned from the experience that you couldn't have necessarily known beforehand, A? And B, is there anything you would do different if you were to have another birth? Um, I definitely learned that you cannot run from anything when you're in that phase of labor. And I think a lot of times through life, even when things get hard, I'm always making things look easier than they really are. And you can't do that in labor. <laughs> and if I'd had to do it again, I would want to find a strong rhythm early on, whether it's dancing or moving my hips and really connecting into the early pain while it's manageable. So that once it kicks into high gear, you can kind of just keep with that. I was really going for, would you use a different recipe for your smoothie? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really great. That's really great take home wisdom. 
Wow. Sierra, thank you so much for joining me again and for sharing your story. I know I'm honored to have worked with you, continue working with you, and to just be a small fly in the wall during your amazing journey. And you have just an incredible energy. And now I'm just looking at you holding this sweet little peaceful angel of a baby and you're glowing. I mean, they say sometimes you're glowing. I don't know if you have a ring light, but you're glowing. It's lit. <laughs> you just look so happy and I'm so happy for you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right. To our listeners, if you'd like to get some more pregnancy and parenting information, visit us online at informedpregnancy.com. I got a